guys. Good evening. Good morning. Whatever time it is that you're tuning in. This is Janae J. Jameson, the host and creator of Her Story. If this is your first time tuning in, Her is an acronym for Heroic, Empowering, and Resilient. And the purpose of this podcast is to encourage and motivate different women who may have been faced with different adversities and battles within their life, but also highlight specific women's stories and showcase how they turn those adversities into triumph and success stories. You know, we all have a story. We all may have certain obstacles and battles that we are going through, but it's often in our darkest hours that the brightest stars are created. You are not alone in this journey. And this podcast is created to give you hope and just to give you the encouragement to know that if this young lady or whoever is telling their story can break through it, so can you. Because you are her, heroic, empowering, and resilient. So today I am excited to introduce the guest for this evening, Miss Ty Matthews. Ty is just <laughs> awesome. She really is. Uh, she's very charismatic. She's a genuine person. And I learned all of this because she was, we were Instagram friends basically for the past two years now, almost two year anniversary girl. Uh, you know, when I created Closet Fitness, which is another brand of mine, it's an activewear apparel line, online based, shameless plug. Um, Ty was <laughs> a number one supporter. You know, it's often when you go through different business ventures, sometimes you think that like your friends and your family, they're going to be the number one supporters, but it's, it's difficult. You know, the people that you think are going to support you, they, I, sometimes they don't, but Ty was a number one, uh, customer from the beginning. You know, she gave me a whole bunch of shout outs. She believed in my <laughs> brand and my products. And I truly thank you for that. Oh, well, thank you. Um, you have really amazing products, by the way. I need to order some more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> now I can fit all my blue pants. So I'm yeah, excited, but. But let's chime in to you and who you are. So <laughs> let's give the listeners a little background on who Ty is. Okay. Um, my name is Taisha Matthews. Um, I'm from a small town called McManus, Louisiana. Ooh, okay. Uh, <laughs> a very country town. Um, I am 31 years old. Um, I live here in Baton Rouge now. Um, I'm pretty much... Um, a homebody, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and I love the gym. So um, I, um, how can I say this? Uh, I pretty much like to push myself to do different things. Um, but that's a little bit about me. Okay, <laughs> now, um, as previously mentioned, you know we all have our stories, so we're here to encourage and motivate our listeners and other women. And definitely not being sexist, guys, if you are tuning in, I'm sure you may get some advice or just some input or encouragement from listening as well, because we all have different things that we want to overcome. So I just want to get back a little bit into you, Ty, and what your story is. Now, we've had this conversation briefly before, um, but... I know you say that you went through different personal battles and it stemmed very early in life as a child. So if you could just give us a little information of 
that first moment when you felt discontentment when you were growing up and what transpired? Um, I was about um, roughly around six, probably turning seven or so. Um, my mom was a single parent and um, she pretty much, she worked two, two jobs and on the weekends um, she would sell hot lunches and she was like the sweet um the sweet shop lady Mm -hmm. um so we wouldn't be around my mom as often so um a family member would babysit us and it was a family member that um she didn't have any um daughters Mm -hmm. so um growing up i was always called the pretty girl, you know, uh, hey, pretty Ty or hey, pretty Isha, different nicknames from your family. But um, later it changed because every time I would be called pretty, it would start with just give me a kiss on the cheek, then go from a kiss on the cheek to um, in a room alone, you're so pretty, a touch on the thigh. And it goes from the thigh to Oh, you're so pretty. You're so beautiful. And to my hand, touching family members' private areas, you know? And I'm scared because I'm like, okay, wait. So when you're calling me pretty, is are these, uh, are these things supposed to happen? So it wasn't like once or twice. It was every time that... You know, it was reference of how I look. I felt like a consequence was coming right afterwards. So if someone called me beautiful, I'm like, okay, what do they want? I'm thinking somebody wants something from me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, there were several incidents whereas um, I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone about it because of the situations where it's like I said, my mom's a single parent. So she had to work to support me and my two younger sisters. So I would, I wouldn't say allow, but I made the sacrifice to accept, okay, well, this is only temporary. You know, if they touch me, um, this is only going to last maybe eight hours here today, you know? And it's over with. So just black out and don't think about it. Wow. Start think about, thinking about something else. Kind of in the reference, like how, I've, I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Precious. Right. Mm-hmm. So I kind of blacked out on different things or thought about, okay, my mom is coming and she's going to have me milk. So yeah, I'll be excited about that the whole time. You know, my cousin, he's touching me and, you know, or he's... um doing things to make me to make me feel uh, like this is what has to be done or something like that, you know? So at this point, there was a fear. There obviously was a fear of you telling adult figures in your life. It's like you said, you felt that it would cause, I guess, a difference in your mom trying to find someone, I guess, to babysit you guys yeah. for one. And you knew how much of a hard worker she was and how much she sacrificed. And you just being six years old, you didn't really know the ins and outs. You just knew that this was inappropriate. 
I feel bad. And after every time someone tells me something like I'm beautiful or pretty, this is what's associated with it. So it was like a mind altering thing at that time. Yeah. Um, and I can imagine you just being frustrated and confused because you didn't really know what to do. You're a kid, you know? So often in times when we have trauma or different difficulties in our lives as children, it rolls over into adulthood. Mm -hmm. So quick question, when you were a child, this was never discussed and it wasn't addressed, right? No, no. I've never talked to my mom about this. Actually, I didn't talk to my mom about any of these situations until um, I think it was last September after baptism. It's a long time, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So imagine the pain that I carried, you know, and to be around that family member years later, pretending like nothing happened, but the whole time my heart is pounding, you know, even though people change, you know, and he has his own family now, but at the same time, just like now you have a daughter. Yeah. So, so have you had that conversation with him since you both are adults or it's just, you kind of just act like it didn't happen type of thing. Yeah. No, no. Um, Never talked to him about it, but surprisingly, when I did speak to my mom about it, um, she said, why Why didn't you tell me? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you tell me? And so then I had to explain, well, mom, who's going to babysit us? You had to take care of us. Um, it's okay. And at that moment, my mom told me, no, that wasn't okay. It was never okay. And at that moment, I realized, I could have went to my mom, but I thought I had to make a sacrifice being that because of a situation before, you know, seeing my dad walk out of my life. And when he walked out, I felt like it was my fault Mm -hmm. because um, something happened. My dad, he struggled with drug addiction for years. And so early on, um, there was an incident whereas my dad and my mom, they got into a huge fight. And it was because of something that I told my mom that he did. And when they got into the big fight. You thought it was your fault? I thought it was my fault because my dad, he hit me. My dad has never hit me. So I have this scar that's here in my eyebrows. That's why I always joke around my eyebrows. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah. That was, my dad was my first love and he was the first person to break my heart. So when my dad hit me and my mom and my dad got into a physical altercation and from that point my dad he left and he was in New Orleans and I didn't see my dad until I was a teen yeah so so you still had that weight on your back as though because I opened up my mouth this is the outcome of what happened so I need to keep my mouth shut yeah wow so that's like the perfect uh segue into the next topic that Mm -hmm. I want to ask you about because you had the encounter with your father um as a child had that uh, had an effect on relationships as you got older with different men and with males? Were you abused in any type of relationships with a significant other? Um, when I started dating, I started dating. I started dating early on, actually, and um, there was a time when I'm gonna just talk about this one specific time country y'all <laughs> <laughs> it's okay girl. It's, it's intense right now but you you, you lighten it out oh uh, well um i started dating this guy um 
And like I said, I didn't have, I had one male figure in my life, but of course he wasn't um, full-time. He was just an uncle, so love him dearly. Mm-hmm. But um, the love that I thought that, you know, that I was supposed to have was the love that I saw from my dad, you know, which was the negative, um, the abuse, the neglect and all that stuff. So I thought that was love, you know, so my identity got stuck in that. Wow. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so you thought that was the norm when you yeah. had relationships yeah. with other people. You felt as though it's the norm to be abused or talked to a specific type of yes. way and escalate into arguments and things like that. Right. That was your and environment. Also, um, I thought as a woman, yeah, as a woman, I thought I was supposed to be mute, mm-hmm. you know? Don't express how you really feel, you know? So once I started dating, um, I was dating this guy for a long period of time. Um, I admired the fact that he had a family, you know, that loved him, you know, you know, church going. I, I loved everything about it, you know, but outside of that, no one knew exactly what I was going through. You know, I accepted cheating. I thought that was you know, okay, well, I'm his number one. Everyone else, the others yeah, don't matter. Yeah, yeah, I'm his number one. So it goes from there to um, pretty much telling me you wouldn't be anything if um, if I hadn't made you. You know, because he was a popular guy. You know, yeah. So that was um, self esteem. That was that was lowering my self esteem. But I, I rely all of that on him, and so. Um, long story short, we, we split up, you know, I depend on him for a lot of things. Um, we split up and there was a time where it's, he reached out, um, and I was in my mom's house and he come over to discuss, um, some personal things that we had shared together, um, to discuss it. But the moment he came in he locked the door mm-hmm. and I still didn't think anything of it because he would normally lock the door. Um, at that moment, I, at that moment, I felt like I shouldn't have had on tights because I'm a, a curvy woman. I felt like I shouldn't have on tights. Maybe that would prevent what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I immediately in my mind, I knew what was going to happen, but I was praying that it didn't happen. So, um, he, so like, did his, I guess his mannerisms and his body language at that point had changed? Like a new person was unmasked when you, the moment you went into that room and saw that door locked? I wouldn't say a new person because I saw this before when we were in a relationship when, I'm upset with him and I'm crying and we would have sex and I'm still crying and I'm thinking, okay, well, this is makeup or this is, you know, this is a norm. This, yeah. Mm-hmm. This, no. So, um, got to the point where as I, we're, we're not dating. It's over a year. So he's, um, want a hug and I'm like, no, I'm not hugging you or whatnot. Um, so it's kind of hard it's hard to say cuz I hate I hate talking about this. Um 
Take your time. I I told him, you know, well, we're not going to discuss what we need to talk about. You can leave. So immediately he grabs me and at that point, um, my pants comes off and I'm fighting him, you know, um, not like, like I'm punching him or anything because he, he was, he was bigger than I was. So he's holding my arms and stuff. And we went from the sofa to fall on the floor and I'm just like, Hey, you know, stop, you know, I don't want to do this. You know, you, mm-hmm. he had a girlfriend at the time too. I'm like, you got a girlfriend. Like, no, you know, I don't want to do this. And the last thing I remember me saying was if whatever you're going to do, can you please use the condom? And, and I'm crying. And so he goes to do what he's wanted to do with two minutes. Seems like five hours. Yeah. And he was like, because you were ultimately violated. This was something <laughs> that you didn't want to do. I'm crying. I'm telling him, no, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that, that made me feel like I was already dead. It, it wasn't that. It was the moment when he got up. When he got up and he goes to the mirror. And I'm like, don't ever call me, text me anymore like that. I'm crying. I'm still crying. And he was like, you all that crying. And he looks in the mirror, button his shirt, and says, oh, I'm not. With a smirk in his face. Mm-hmm. You know, a smirk. Just proud. So look at yourself after what you just did. Yeah. So when that happened, um, I called my sister. That was the first person I called. And of course, my sister, she's telling me what just happened. I'm still like in that, denial. Yeah, that, that didn't just happen. You know, this is someone that I once loved. This was someone I once dated. And who's going to believe me because of how we broke up, you know, and how I used to chase him, you know, to try to make him stay. Who's going to believe me, mm-hmm. you know? And, um... So information, the news traveled fast, very fast in the country. Right. So my mom, she, you know, she found out. And so I'm traveling to my mom's job to, you know, talk to her about it. The moment I get there, my mom, heartbroken. When I tell you I have never seen my mom. The last time I saw my mom broken down like this is when my mom came to rescue us from being left on the side of the road (laughs) but to see my mom this broken down she was working in a church saying you know what she wanted to do to him and everything she you know because the news traveled fast and of course other misinformed information is carried on but my mom is so upset so immediately i knew what i had to do i lied I'm like, mom, 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 hey, hey, it's me. And she grabbed me. My mama grabbed me and she hugged me so tight. And she just crying. She said, they told me you were, I can't say the word, but yeah, they, they told me you all right. You all right. She all right. You know, she's touching me, you know, and this is so familiar because Mm -hmm. of her. Yeah. When, when I was younger, she's Mm -hmm. grabbing me, making sure I'm okay. Mm -hmm. I'm like, mom, I'm all right. I'm, I'm okay. Like, look at you acting crazy. You know, nothing happened. You know, I'm telling her nothing really happened. So, um, 
from that point, um, I started hiding it. I hiding it, you know? And I just, I couldn't talk to anybody about it, what had just happened, you know? Like, who's going to believe me? And just like I said, no one will believe me because um, a family member of his called the same day and asked me what happened. And she was like, well, y'all just need to stay away from each other because he just experienced this. I mean, his mom just went through a lot of things um, with another um, sibling, you know, pretty much resulting in death. And y'all just stay away from each other. And trying to pacify the situation as yeah, though that like, can equivocate to you sexually assaulting someone. Right. That's insane. Yeah. And so I was like, I, I didn't even know how to feel because I was still thinking about my mom, but I'm just like, but what about me? Mm-hmm. What about what just happened? You know, that's not okay. You know? And so back in my mind, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stay away from people. I'm going to just forget about it. I'm not going to talk about it because nobody's going to believe me. You know, they, they're going to believe them. Mm-hmm. So, so at this point you made up your mind that you're not going to let anyone in anymore because even though you wanted to tell your mom what happened, the hurt in her that you saw in her, it wouldn't allow you to tell her what exactly happened. And I can identify with that. You know, mm-hmm. our moms, uh, our fathers, or anyone within our lives, you know, that love and nurture and care for us so much, they know when you hurt, they hurt. And you don't want to see them hurt either. So it's like, what do I do? Do I hide it in? Do I mask my feelings? Do I reveal the truth? So I know it was a back and forth battle for you. Yeah. So guys, if you are just tuning in right now, I'm with Miss Ty Matthews, and she's sharing her story. Uh, long story short, her story of just abuse and feeling as though she couldn't really express what was going around around her and her environment started when she was just five or six years old. She was, um, you know, I, I guess uh, sexually assaulted by a family member as a, a small child. Uh, she faced abuse and neglect from her father. And then that escalated into her being an adolescent and adult, being in relationships or having people involved in her lives. And she, you know, was sexually assaulted. I know you still can't say the word Mm -hmm. raped, but in a long story short, this is what has happened. And, you know, from basically five up until what you were in your, maybe your twenties, uh, yeah, um, I, it pretty much, I can say after, after that incident, like I went into hiding. And so by then I just thought, well, this is all I'm worth, you know? Mm-hmm. So from that point I started using sex as in a way to, to make you feel better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And thinking that it was making you feeling better, but... <laughs> 
at that time, you, you know, sometimes, and I can identify with you and I know other women can too. We try to do different things to mask our feelings and mm-hmm. to hide it or to convince ourselves this is okay. You know, if we receive abuse and neglect from another man, let me hurry up and talk to somebody else, you know, yes. so I can get over <laughs> him or something like that. Let me party and drink, you know, so I don't have to think about it tomorrow. Some people may even go into, you know, drug abuse. It's mm-hmm. just finding these different outlets that we think that quick escape but in the long run it's kind of you know it's really harming and it's hurting us um so in that period of hurt and I guess disgust and you not be able to open up or admit certain things to other people did you ever break through that and try I guess to start over and find another significant other what happened in that relationship with someone else I I did actually. Um, I started. Um, we were never officially in a relationship, mm-hmm. but we were friends for um, years. And so um, we, I guess you want to say, started dating or the new bird situationships. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I mean, he was great. He was great, but it was just that one time. That one time that I felt completely small, and I knew. He wasn't for me. He's not for me because I tried to open up. I said, okay, well, everything's going great. You know, we've been friends for years. Let me tell him my truth because I'm tired of hiding. I'm tired of, tired of, you know. Masking my feelings. Yeah. And, you know, he remembers me from being a smaller figure to now I'm much thicker Mm -hmm. because I'm like, okay, I need to explain everything to him. So, um,. I was trying to tell him, you know, everything was going on and I was, I wanted to tell him about the incident of the sexual assault. That was, that's what I really wanted to tell him. Um, and before I can get the whole sentence out, he was like, I've heard this so many times. So many women go through this. You know, I hear it all the time. Oh, okay. So this is normal, Mm -hmm. but I'm trying to tell you how I'm feeling. And now you're telling me, oh, there's nothing. Pretty much get over it. You know, a lot of women go through it. You know, don't be so soft about it. You know, just move on. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, I mean, immediately I knew that he wasn't for me, but I didn't leave. You know? Isn't it weird? <laughs> it's not. It's really not because we've all been in those situations. So I keep on saying we all. Let me not say that we all because I know maybe some people haven't. But when I say that, it's because, girl, I know. <laughs> we have been in those situations where there are so many red flags. Yeah. So many red flags. But sometimes, you know, we're just, I guess we're hypnotized. their looks or sometimes it may be the sex or Mm -hmm. just the fear of being alone or what are other people going to say you know we've been together for a while what they're going to say if we break up you know those things Mm -hmm. that play in our head as our reasons for staying with this individual when we know that they aren't for us yeah it was more so I was looking at it he was different I was like okay he's well educated you know he's into doing Things that I'm not used to, you know, I, I'm learning from, I was learning different things from him, but I wasn't looking at the negatives either. I was just focusing on, okay, I'm learning these different type of things. And, you know, we wasn't having a lot of sex because he didn't live in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I was like, okay, I'm learning, I'm learning. 
thinking, okay, I should have learned these things from my dad. So I'm still looking into my relationships, trying to learn things from the guys I'm dating, putting that expectation, those high expectations that they are not aware of. You know, I'm putting all that pressure on them unknowingly because I'm trying to learn from them things that I should have learned from my dad. Yeah. So um, from that point, I started just going completely downhill, you know, Um, and I just wanted to give up. Like I said before, I already felt dead. I, I, at that point, I was like, you know what? My finances are falling apart. Um, everything's just falling apart. You know, I'm working a job that I hate. I'm dealing with crap. You know, I'm like, I can't, I feel like I failed my mom because by then the pressure, my sister, she was in, she was graduating with her master's degree and everything. She was getting ready to graduate with her master's degree. She was in school for a master's degree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I'm like, had what you am had, I? Had you graduated college at that point? No. So and I'm, I'm like, what am I doing? At the end of the pressure of people, you know, I'm looking at, you know, my peers, you know, they're, you know, they're getting married or, you know, they're buying different things. And here I am with a piece of car with tape wrapped around the, the mirror, um, I'm paying a car note on that car yeah. that's pretty much is almost about to be repossessed. I'm having eviction notices on my um, door for rent because I'm not making enough money and I'm working overtime, but it's nothing's adding up. You know, my phone's being turned off. So one night at work, I made this video and I said I wanted to share it with you. Um, and this was the night. I pretty much, I went from chopping my hair off. This wasn't in the same night, but I chopped my hair off at 2 a.m. And so it was like every day something, you know, was leading up to it. So this night, I just pretty much just wanted to uh, give up. And this. I hope you're not mad at me, um, but it's a lot of stuff going on. I hope you're not mad at me. Um, so that was the moment when you had cut off all your hair and just yeah I was hoping that that night I had every intentions to end my life and I wanted this you know I wanted this was probably at oh my god so that's why you had said I hope you're not mad at me yeah I wanted my my sister she's so nosy Mm -hmm. (laughs) she finds everything so I wanted them to know that don't be mad at me. It's it's not their fault. It's nothing they could have done at that time. Um, you making me cry. And you I cry didn't. Right I, now. Didn't, I didn't want my mom to feel like I couldn't talk to her because I couldn't help her. Like I feel like I'm the oldest. You know, I couldn't help her. I'm asking my baby sister who was in the military for money to help me take care of my bills. I'm I'm the oldest. Mm-hmm. You know, as a kid. As a kid, I was always there to protect them. And so as I'm getting older, I'm like, I can't I can't help them. I can't help I can't even help myself. Like I'm working this job and I'm I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. I'm at work the whole weekend. I don't have any life and money is still not adding up, you know. It's I'm still still trying to suffer. You know, and then every time, you know, my mom 
she she was sick and you know um she was on medicaid and medicaid wasn't paying for all her medication and so she would ask me hey um do you have um a certain amount of money so i can buy my medicine and i want to say yeah and i remember going to the atm trying to overdraft my account and they said no (laughs) they said no and i'm just like okay where do I go from here? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And I do that. I laugh when I'm hurting. Um, I'm like, how do I, how do I come out of this? I don't see a way out. I'm working hard. You know, it's that you have to work hard to make things better. I'm working hard. I'm doing everything right. I'm being nice to people. Why, why me? You know? What, what can I do? And at that moment, I was just like, you know what? I have no purpose. I have no purpose. And I'm better off not here. So what happened? What stopped you in that moment from not trying to take your life? And who influenced you or what influenced you to start reprogramming your thinking to make you feel as though I don't need to give up? There's still more to do in my life and to fulfill I am enough and God has me here for a specific reason and a purpose when did that start to train when did your I guess your thinking start to transform um pretty much it was more of a spiritual thing that happened with me Mm -hmm. um the same night that um I wanted to just in my life and the way I wanted to end my life was very painful. Um, I wanted to electrocute myself. I wanted just to feel all the pain go away, you know? Um, but the moment, you know, I feel the tub and, um, I'm standing there and I'm looking in the mirror and taking pictures of myself, you know, trying to find some type of relief. I didn't, and when I turned around to, um, to undress myself, I couldn't move. Oh my goodness! I mm. yeah, I I couldn't move. I could not move, and from that point, my phone rang, but I still couldn't move. Mm-hmm. And. So it was something or someone or some force, a spirit, God, the universe, however anybody wants to describe it, that literally stopped you in your tracks and would not allow you to get in that tub. And when I tell you, um, they say God voice is your voice, your inner voice. When I heard my voice clear as day, said, stand firm in my word. Ty, you are giving me like when it says stand firm in my word. I was like, I couldn't do anything but cry. I couldn't speak. I couldn't do anything. I could. I couldn't do anything. And my phone is ringing and ringing and ringing. Couldn't answer. I couldn't answer. And so only thing I could do was in my heart, just like okay, and I'm just crying. And so from that point, you submitted. Yes. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, <laughs> oh, believe it or not, I looked at the tub. The water was going down. Wow. It wasn't like, you know, going down rapidly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. I put the stop in there. Yeah. You know why? I knew I had a full tub of mm-hmm. water. Now, 
If mm-hmm. I even tried, I still mm-hmm. had time to get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I go to the room. My mom had called me 20 times. That's my mom. Mm-hmm. My mom called me 20 times and I answered the phone. She was like, you okay? It's, it's late. Yeah. You okay? I'm like, yeah, mom. Of course, I'm doing the same thing. I always do. Cover it up. Yeah, mom, I'm okay. I had this bad feeling. I feel like something's wrong with my child. Something's wrong with my children. Something's wrong with one of my, my children. Mm-hmm. You sure you're okay? I knew at that moment. My mama, I always knew she loved me, but I knew at that moment I had to fight. Mm-hmm. Because there was some, there was this connection. There was this connection. Mm-hmm. And my mom... My mom is my angel on earth. So I have to fight. I have to fight for her. I have to do something from it. So at that point, I had to get myself together. So I go back to work and everything just started working, you know, like they were supposed to as planned. So um, later, I met this guy that um, we work for different companies. And so he, he would notice. People do notice, you know, people notice, they pay attention. Um, I would work every weekend or whatnot. So, um, one day I was working and he just looked at me and he's joking around talking to being the person that he is. And he was like, oh, child, they just working you so hard. You didn't even finish your hat. Mm-hmm. My hat was finished. He said my tracks were showing. <laughs> so it started a conversation. Just, I laughed. I really laughed. And mm-hmm. I hadn't laughed in so long. Like, I would laugh, but it's still, I'm hurting, but just laugh. That was a genuine laugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody to be that honest with me outside of my siblings. So, we go outside. We're talking. And so, I'm a little embarrassed because walking to my little raggedy car. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> we walk to uh, my car. I'm talking. And he invited me to church. I'm ashamed to go to church. I grew up in a church, but I was ashamed to go to church. So, um, I go to church with him and from that day, um, I never left. I was able to talk to him and he listened, you know, he inspired me, you know, telling me about different things that I can do. He seen the potential in me. Why you don't do this? Why you don't do that? You know, that felt good. Mm -hmm. And so from that point, a lot of things started changing around. And so it is true. You attract. The energy. So if you're yes. feeling really, really, really bad about yourself, you're going to attract those type of people. But once, you know, you start fighting, that moment I started fighting, I probably, in no, me and this guy, we had been working together, but I wasn't really talking to him mm-hmm. because I felt like, oh, he, he thinks he's bougie or whatever. That was me with the negative mindset. Yeah. But the moment I started fighting, I looked at him in a different light because when he started talking to me and he gave me that honest truth, I'm like, he's a cool guy. I love him. <laughs> so from there, everything started transitioning. You know, I um, I started looking into um how to budget and manage my money. You know, I ended up getting a brand new car thinking I couldn't get a car. I didn't know much about credit or whatnot. Um, I ended up getting a new car um, and still didn't have to trade my little raggedy car. Oh, in. girl. But look. <laughs> I end up getting a new car. Um, I end up getting, you know, just a lot of other things. My finances started coming together. Everything started coming together. And I started growing. Mm-hmm. I started growing. I'm like, okay, well, I need to keep this up, you know, because if I start 
being positive and I start thinking positive, I'm going to start attracting different people. So what you just said really, <laughs> really, really is what I'm, what I'm on right now. Yes. You know, you have to reprogram your thinking. Now, granted, every day is not going to be perfect. Every day we may have some small hiccups. We may have large, um, you know, life-altering situations that may transpire in our lives. But it's all about perception and how you view it. You know, a rainy day, you can look at a rainy day like, oh, it's raining. I can't do anything. Or you can look at it, living in southern Louisiana, child, it's going to be a little cooler (laughs) after this rain happens. Let me get some alone time and work on me or let me relax. You know, it's little simple things. It's always how you program your thinking. So when you're constantly negative, negative things are going to attract to you when you're positive or at least try to look at it differently you know try to fight through it then positive things and that good energy is going to find its way to you yeah you went from battling abuse all throughout your childhood feeling neglect and being alone and masking your feelings into coming into your own embracing who you are and just encouraging other people in the long run and i'm telling you this because you are just such a beautiful soul Uh it's not who you are (laughs) on the outside it's a soul you know that what attracts me to you i'm sitting here kind of like in chills and trying to fight my tears and started crying because your story is so beautiful it's so powerful because life is not perfect man life is not perfect but if you would have stopped if you would have ended your life right there that's what your story would have been but because you fought because you fought and you felt something that told you to keep going that would that's what landed you here yes and you're able to share your story and you're able to tell people so if somebody is listening right now don't stop please don't please don't don't stop if you are going through it do not stop try to find something within you and last question that i want to ask um if you have certain well this is the question you know if someone is outside looking in right they may have they may see friends that are down or depressed what advice do you give that friend to try to help that person that they see going through it, but they don't want to come off wrong to them? Um, I would tell them to um, be careful with their approach, by for sure, but be open-minded and don't look at it like, um, oh, they're weak, you know? Um Try to be a friend with the listening ear, you know, um, even when they're not saying anything. Mm-hmm. Because, like, like I said, I didn't say anything to my friend. Mm-hmm. He watched. Um, but be there and be present, you know. You don't have to bug them all the time, but just try to, you know, be around. Hey, you want to do this? Hey, you want to do that? You know, because at that moment, you can save somebody. And some people think they can't, you know, and also not just being in the prison of physical prisons, social media, social media. I've seen this a lot and I've actually I've heard something and it hit me in the bottom of my stomach because um, 
there were someone posts that I have to unfriend a lot of you guys because you guys post a lot of negative and depressing things. Um, I don't need that type of energy, you know. I understand you don't need that type of energy, you know, because you're trying to protect yours. But at the same time, somebody is crying for help and they can't go to other people. So Because of just that thought, yes. I don't want it to be around me. And when I say protect your energy, it's important to protect your energy. But I also feel that if you see someone that's going through it, it's your time to try to help yes. them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And share your energy, mm-hmm. you know, just, I mean, even if it's just a little bit. Just a little light, you know? Like I said, my friend, his name is Erilyn. <laughs> um, Shout out, friend. Shout out. <laughs> um, he just shared just his whole attitude about everything, you know? And it helped me. Just a little bit of light, you know? It helped me. And I'm sure other people that's listening, you know, if you just share just a little bit of your light with someone, even if you reach out, whether you leave an emoji you know, underneath their page, uh, underneath their pages, that it's not called fake. You know, I see that a lot. People's like, "Oh, this person always commenting on somebody's page. They're just being so fake." That's not fake. You don't know what an emoji. You don't know what a simple text message, a phone call, smile. or smile. Yeah, you don't know what all that would do to help somebody. They may save somebody. They'll make somebody day because you don't know what they what they're going through, how long they've been going through it. Or where they are at that moment. They may be just about to. I want suicide is not the only thing um, to to you know with depression. There's you know you can have a drug addiction, alcohol, sex. People don't believe it. Yeah. Sex is a big thing. Um, you if you just try to understand and look at it, you know, in a different light. Don't just look at it about yourself. You can actually help somebody. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much. Because that's really a positive message, y'all. In closing, be a shining light to someone else. Encourage someone else. If you see someone going through a tough time, even if you may not know what it is, a simple smile or a kind gesture can go a very long way. Do not judge anyone based on how you're viewing or seeing them in a, a specific moment because you do not know what took them to get there. And you don't know how close to the edge they right. are. So in closing, Ty, thank you so much for coming <laughs> and sharing your story. So sweet. I want to love and embrace you and hug You're you so sweet. right now. Thank you so much. And ladies, gents, anyone who is listening, don't give up. Because you are strong, you are enough, you will get through whatever you are going through. It's all about your mind and your 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 train of thought. You know, reprogram it. Because you've seen different people going through some type of neglect and abuse within your environment, that does not mean that that's your story or your future reprogram your thinking and help those that you may see going through those situations. Thank you all for tuning in. I love you all. Um, One small request that I ask of you, if you were empowered or encouraged by this story, 
encourage and tell a friend to follow us, to follow the podcast so that they can be uplifted. I am Janae Jameson with her story, heroic, empowering, and resilient. And we out.